Hey, I'm Jamie Glowacki, and you are listening to Oh Crap, I Love My Toddler, But Holy Fuck. This is a podcast for conscious parents who drop the F-bomb a lot. Hey, hey, welcome, you guys. Okay, today I want to talk about the back-to-school <laughs> cluster <laughs> that is happening. I have been inundated with uh, what would you do, Jamie, if you were in my situation and my private clients and I've been just weeding through this, weeding through this, and I'm doing sort of an emergency broadcast because I know this week a lot of people need to make this decision and it is such a big deal. So first and foremost, this sucks. There are no good answers. It sucks. I am just so pissed and I'm so sorry that we as parents have to make these hard decisions. I am so angry at the lack of creativity. I was talking to a friend and I was like, you know, we know school starts in September. We knew this. We knew this in April, you know, when we were in lockdown and this like absolute lack of creativity and forward thinking and just kind of keeping everybody in this like weird two choices kind of place. So I want to go through some things and like what I would do if it were me. And I want to go through some like options. Yeah. I'm sure most of you have like are already leaning into sort of one decision or another, but hopefully this will be helpful. Now, first and foremost, so much of this depends on where you live. So this is one thing I hate about the internet. I have always hated this when people talk about screen time because they don't like give specific ages and specific, you know, personality types. But the same goes for this decision. It is completely different in every state. So please don't get into fights with people. Don't get into fights with people on Facebook anyway, but you do not know what is going on in other states. Okay. So I'm literally hearing there are some states that are just going back to school. Just everything's normal. It's There's no distance learning. It's all just going back to school. So don't, you can't judge anything. It really depends where you live. Everybody has different structures and different rules in place. So that's first and foremost. So I'm doing a broad spectrum episode today. So if it doesn't apply to you or where you are is different, so be it. Let's go for the little guys first, preschool and day, daycare, because a lot of kids have already gone back to preschool and daycare because, of course, work got on and, and parents had to put their kids in daycare. And I'm hearing about massive regressions, massive behavior changes. And I just want to let you know that, number one, this is to be completely expected, especially for kids like under the age of four. This was such a significant portion of their lives. Like really, it was like five months. It it was huge. Yeah. So we just have to know that. Like we ask them to pivot quickly and we're asking them to pivot quickly again. And it's okay. Kids are resilient. They will be okay. But you need to recognize that that's what's happening. I'm finding it's very interesting to me that parents are totally clueless about this. They're like, I don't know. Like it's the same school they went to before quarantine. I don't know why they're having such an issue. They were with you for like five months and in most cases with very few other people. So yeah, there's going to be a huge adjustment. I always think it's really good to talk about the elephant in the room. And this goes for the older kids and the younger kids, even if you think they're not going to understand you. Talk about it. Yeah, like, hey, we had so much time together for a while there and now you're back to school. So, hey, let's find some other time to to spend good time together. Yeah, you got to talk about it. Even the older kids where it's like, 
it wasn't such a significant portion of their lives. I mean, do you guys remember being seven or eight? Do you remember how long it was between Christmases, between your birthdays? It wasn't a year. It was forever. So this quarantine was forever. (laughs) Definitely just talk about it. Talk, just talk and talk and talk about the elephant in the room. You guys know I'm a big proponent of that, but we have to like say what's going on because I feel like parents are just glossing over this. They're like, okay, we're going to do this and this and this and, and expect the kids to just kind of be on board and they're getting kickback and they're not understanding why. You are going to have to address with older kids and this can be very, very sucky. (laughs) Yeah, but you're going to have to address why. Why did we lock down when everybody was sick and is the virus still out there? And am I going to get sick? And I'm hearing reports of kids like kind of flipping out. They're like, well, we had to hide before, but now we're going out, you know? And so I think one of the main things, yes, they're happy to see their friends, but for kids who are worriers or have anxiety, this can be a really big deal. So, you know, you just want to keep addressing that and say things like, we didn't know what the virus was back in, in May. We didn't know what was happening in March. And now we know a little bit more about it. And, you know, we're going to try to keep you guys as safe as possible and as well as possible. And it's time that we have to kind of ease back into real life. So this is what's going on. You know, what you say is less important than actually addressing, like I said, the elephant in the room. Yeah. So again, people have asked me like, what would you do, Jamie? And I have gone over this in a past podcast about homeschooling, but I want to repeat some things here. Like, obviously I homeschool. So that is what I would do, right? And as best I can tell throughout the US anyway, the choices that most parents have are to homeschool versus distance learning, which is connected to the school and the teacher and your child's like class versus third-party paid platforms that are accredited school programs, but they're third-party. They don't have anything to do with your school in particular versus the hybrid model. And like I said, in some places, they're just going back to normal. I think hybrid model is the most popular in which there's like an A and a B and some kids go in Each group goes in twice a week and then the other two days there's a day off and then the other two days they're at home. What I would do, you guys, is irrelevant. Like it it doesn't matter what I would do because number one, like I said, I already homeschool. Number two, every single person has a different situation and we have to allow for so much grace in that is that we cannot fathom what other people are going through, okay? I'm going to repeat this ad nauseum throughout this podcast because I find that people are getting locked into like, it needs to be this way. And it's not always possible. Okay. And everybody has a different situation. And sometimes you just don't know what that situation is. Okay. I cannot advise you specifically because I don't know your situation. Okay. I don't know. One of the things that's fucking pissing me off so much right now is this like, I see it all over the internet. We shouldn't have kids if you don't want to stay home with them. You shouldn't have kids if you didn't think about schooling. You guys, people had kids predicated on the fucking knowledge that their kids were going to go to school for 12 hours. They got jobs predicated on the knowledge that their kid was going to go to school for 12 years. So like, stop that BS. And if you find yourself reprimanding other people, check yourself because you do not know their situation, okay? Have grace, have solidarity. 
So let's go through those choices really quick because I just kind of want to run through some like pros and cons in case you're still like on the fence about things. So homeschooling. So what's great about homeschooling is it could be an awesome fit if distance learning, the Zoom meetings, all that kind of thing, that digital component was really hard for your kid. And it was. For some kids, it was just miserable. Other kids did just really great. There is a ton of flexibility in homeschooling that makes it awesome. Homeschooling is a bad choice if you feel like you're going to actually go back to school. Like if you're just kind of waiting for the virus to blow over or whatever we're all waiting for, a vaccine, or I, I don't know what people are waiting for, numbers to die down or I don't know. But if you think your kid is like, okay, we're just going to take this year and not go back to school and we'll see what happens next year. Homeschooling's not a great choice because homeschooling doesn't work really well when you are trying to keep up with the Joneses. And if you plan on putting your kid in the next grade, when they go back to school next year, not this year, but the, the following year, you do have to keep up with the Joneses. You have to keep up with school. You have to keep up with what that class is doing. So your kid is on track with that class. So it's, it's a harder choice if you think you're going to go back to school. I also talked to some friends who, you know, for every seat that's not taken in school, funding is taken away from that school. So if you are planning to send your child back to public school, you have to account for that. This is bullshit because homeschoolers pay taxes. I pay my school taxes for my area. Everybody does in the U.S. So to take funding away because there's not a kid in the seat is like because their homeschooling is kind of BS, but it is a fact and it is a reality. And that might be something you want to think about. So the distance learning, of course, that's through the school. And this is a really good choice if it worked for your kids. If you were planning on going back, you know, you stay exactly with everybody. You're on the same track. So I think you can do more academically <laughs> homeschooling than distance learning, but it might just be a good fit, especially if it worked well for your kid, you know, and you had a good taste of that in quarantine. And then again, of course, there's continuity with the, the teacher and the people in the classroom. The hybrid model, of course, is that couple of days on, couple of days off. And a lot of people love this option because there is some in-person and we know that our kids really need that. The bummer about the hybrid, and you know, I don't want to be all doom and gloom and Debbie Downer, but the bummer about the in-person is that it's not going to be anything like what your kid had in school. And so that's what I'm hearing from parents. And the reality is really sinking in. Unfortunately, I feel like so much of this and so many of the decisions were made by people not in the trenches. And I talked to a friend, she was like, oh, our school board is just a bunch of old men. And I'm like, if you don't have a kid in the game, I don't even think you should be on the school board, but that's not just me. You know, these decisions have been made without teachers, without families, and it's quite criminal in my, in my opinion. I'm, I'm astounded by it, but you have to be really honest because the thing that's most frustrating to me personally as a parent coach, as a parenting expert, as a child development expert is I'm really worried about our little guys. I'm really worried about learning, trying to learn with masks on, which is, you know, to not pick up on social cues in the face. I'm really worried about the distancing. You know, if you ask kids what they love about school, it's always recess, lunch, you know, being with our, my my friends. And if you look at kids, especially in the elementary years, well, this goes for teen too, especially for the girls, there's like so much handholding and group and hugging, and it's not going to be anything like what they know. There's so many things that aren't being addressed about in school, allergies, being in the same classroom, special needs. I don't know. There's just, I feel like it's this really great theory. And I just, when you start really going to the brass tacks of the reality, 
I don't think it's that great. But if you need this option, of course you have to take it, right? But I think it's really good to be honest with your kids so that you you lay the groundwork for communication so your kid can let you know, like, I'm having a really hard time with the masks, mom. I'm having a really hard time. I can't hear my teacher. So that we have this communication and you can make these choices, yeah? If you need school for childcare, and that is the case for a lot of people. And I got to be honest, you guys, as a homeschooler, I used to kind of have judgment about this. I have judgment about it as a societal problem. Do you know what I mean? That we're kind of backed into this corner. But I that judgment has completely gone away during this pandemic crisis. It is what it is. You started your life thinking your kid would go to school. You got your job thinking your kid would be in school. And so there is no judgment. If you need it for childcare, is there another option for you? So explore your options. And I know people are, they're exploring like neighborhood pods and childcare pods. And so I would encourage you to keep thinking along those lines. Can your child socialize in another way? Socialization school isn't that great to begin with. You're just plunked in with a bunch of people your own age. It's not that fantastic, but now they're taking away like every thread of that socialization. So the main component people send their kids to school and they'll tell you is like the socialization to be with other kids. And that's not going to be there. So be really honest with your kids and be honest with yourself and kind of explore creatively what you might be able to do. I do want to say this. Decisions aren't final. If you start with the hybrid model, you can always take your kid out. Okay. So like, don't be... It's not written in stone, although I have heard that like if you choose homeschooling or distance learning, your kid can't go back to like December or something. So that might be the case. So that might be a little more permanent, but just know that no decision is like completely written in stone forever and ever. Okay. There is a option that I'm hearing about and it's the third party accredited platforms. So these are tend to be like whole curriculums and they're paid. They're like uh, anywhere from usually like seven hundred to like three thousand dollars. They're they're not quite you know as expensive as a private school, but they're pricey. I really encourage you to not use these. They're being touted in some schools, and it makes me really nervous. I don't want to see public school systems go down the drain, and I don't care where you lie on the political spectrum. I feel like there's an agenda to implode our public school system. And so don't choose this option because this option will show that people are willing to pay for a semi-private accredited thing at, at home. And so I just think it's a really slippery slope. So I'm asking you not to, of course, you have to do what's best for your family. And then the last option, of course, is some people are just going back to normal. If this is where you are, you have to be the judge. You know, I am he- hearing that even though some states are going back full five days a week, that there still are the social distancing and the masks and all of that. And I have concerns about that as as well as I know parents have expressed concern about that. All right. So here's my personal take on it. I think we haven't had a clear picture of this from the get-go. It's been politicized. And I think in all directions, there's political gain in skewing the numbers to be either higher or lower. I just, I don't think any of us have gotten the real information about this. I know, you know, showing to attack the more vulnerable in our society and not that that's right or wrong, but it it is what it is. Children have thus far been not as affected. 
I can't figure out, but just personally, I can't figure out what the hell is happening because here in Rhode Island, the governor has pulled back to phase two. We're not supposed to be in groups of more than 15, but going back to school is okay. And I just, I don't see, you know, yeah, they're keeping classrooms down to 10 kids. Yeah. You're staying in the class. Like, I just don't see it. I don't, knowing kids and how kids operate, I just, a school is going to have as many kids as a freaking concert in it. So I just, I can't figure it out. And I just, that I think is probably what's frustrating everybody the most is like, what is going on? What's the information? Yeah. I can't believe that these decisions haven't been made without teachers. I can't believe we're asking teachers who might have vulnerable health issues to just go in. Like they just haven't been factored in, you know, the theory versus the reality is mind blowing. I just, I don't even understand like by, we all know by September 18th, every single kid in school has a freaking runny nose, like, and that runny nose starts in September and it doesn't end till April. Like, how are we going to judge who's sick? Who's not sick? I, I just, I can't, I can't fathom it. So I don't know how it'll work. I really don't, but I do know this. And this is like my own personal thing. And if I had to send my kid to school, this is what I would do. And I just, I can't believe that the powers that be aren't talking about the things we need to do to strengthen our immune system. Cause that's the thing we know that COVID is affecting people who have lowered immune systems. You know what I mean? And so, yes, there's some people with autoimmune stuff that just cannot, you know, they can't strengthen it. They're, they're going to be weak and there's that for sure. But then for the average Joe, like me, there are things I can do. And so I kind of want to talk about those because I feel like, you know, whether the, the whole thing of like whether masks work or not, I, it doesn't matter. Cause I feel like the thing about masks is it helps us feel like we're being proactive, you know, and I'm going to wear a mask. If like, it's not a thing for me to, to wear a mask. And I don't, I don't honestly care if it works or not. If it makes you feel better, I'm going to wear a mask. And it also makes me feel like I'm doing something, even if maybe I'm not. I don't know. I do think though that like if I had to send my kid, this is what I would do. I would focus the hell out of having a healthy immune system. And so I want to talk a little bit about that and what I have found personally in, in my, you know, COVID research and COVID, not research. I can't say I'm researching it, but you know, the, the data that's coming out and the studies that are coming out. So number one, first and foremost is vitamin D across the board. We know that low vitamin D levels are associated with bad outcomes with COVID in particular. And I think this might be the singular piece of information that is completely agreed upon. (laughs) It's just across the board. It's crazy that it's estimated that almost 4% of everyone has good levels. 4% has really good levels of vitamin D in the U.S. So vitamin D is actually a hormone. It's made from the cholesterol in your skin when it's exposed to sun. It is so vital to so many bodily functions, including anxiety and depression. It's unbelievable. I'm not going to, I can't spend the time. It would be a whole podcast to talk about vitamin D. Go ahead and just Google the hell out of it. Do a little tiny, even scratch the surface of research and you'll find out. And we are also chronically low. So like in New England, we're chronically low because a good six months out of the year, we're not getting strong sun. The other reason is sunscreen. So when you sunscreen the hell out of your kids, they don't get the vitamin D. And so I would, number one, expose my child. Well, I also, I do expose my child to the sun, but I would definitely 
especially now tail end of August, get them out in the sun with as much skin exposure as possible, like like topless, you know, back, the back exposed. And of course, it doesn't have to be, I'm not saying fry your kid. I'm not saying give your kids skin cancer. I'm saying be smart about it. You know, maybe early, you know, morning sun, afternoon sun, maybe a tiny bit of that, like 10 to two sun. And again, you guys, this varies where you're at. If you're in Texas right now and it's 110, I'm not suggesting you let your kid run barefoot on the pavement. Do you know what I mean? Like, don't be, don't yell at me in capital letters on the internet (laughs) because I said, expose your kid to sun, but they need that. And synthesizing the vitamin D from the sunlight is better than supplementing. But in this case, I would also heavily supplement. Most vitamins you tend to pee out if you are getting too much of it. So at wor- you know, at the worst, you're just getting expensive pee. Uh, vitamin D, you would have to overdose like in extreme amounts for it to be toxic. So I don't really feel like, I feel like there's some casual dosing in vitamin D and they have awesome tinctures for kids that are, they taste good and they're at Whole Foods. You can get them at Whole Foods or any Amazon, any health food store. So I would definitely supplement um, and I am supplementing myself and I am doing sun exposure. In fact, when COVID, like, uh, let's see, April, because it wasn't it wasn't warm here in New England, but I started laying out in the sun like it was 1982 and I had, you know, sun in in my hair. Um, But I would do 10 minutes when it was kind of not strong sun. I would do 20 minutes each side and that was it. It was like my medicine. It was a, a proactive thing I did. But if you can't, you know, absolutely get the supplements in and it's hugely, hugely beneficial. Vitamin C. We all know vitamin C is good for the immune system. Again, I would supplement. It's high doses of vitamin C that seem to have the best outcomes preventing, not preventing COVID, I guess, like keeping your immune system strong, but also should you get COVID, there's been a lot of studies done that high doses of vitamin C are whacking it out. So again, do your own research. I'm not, I'm not citing any hardcore data here, but know that food sources for vitamin C are usually not enough for what I'm talking about. And also know that like, a quick, quick Google. There are so many foods besides oranges that have vitamin C. So like bell peppers have, I think, tripled the amount of vitamin C. So check that out because it there's tons of fruits and veggies that have vitamin C way more than orange. And don't do orange juice. Just don't do juice, you guys, because it's all sugar. I wouldn't do that. And if your kid's old enough, you know, again, there's tinctures or you can get the pills if your kid's old enough to take pills. Zinc. Zinc is totally overlooked and it is vital to keeping your immune system robust. So I hate zinc supplements. If you've ever taken a zinc supplement, it leaves this weird feeling in your mouth and I get actually nauseous. So does Pascal. So supplements are out. So we do food sources. The two highest foods in zinc that I think that are popular are oysters and beef heart. So we, Pascal and I both love oysters. So we'll just kind of get some, a bunch of oysters and uh, we both happen to love beef heart. You can get that from, you can get it from Whole Foods. You can get it from your local farmer. Beef heart, it might sound really gross to you, but it is really lean. It looks like filet mignon, very lean. It You can cook it just like a steak. It's not like liver or, you know, any of the organ meats. So it's, don't think it's like really disgusting. It's not, it's super lean, super, you I could serve it to you as a steak and you would never, ever know. So, it, and it's also really good in CoQ10. So I would up my zinc by a lot. Sleep, 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 sleep is your most vital nutrient. In this case, you cannot get run down. So in the few cases I've heard about where like healthy people were 
seemingly, you know, young, healthy people, like, you know, 35, 40, the, the range where people are saying are least hit by COVID. I have heard of a couple of people who got, you know, really almost decimated by it. They were run down. It was because of taking flights across the country, working, overworking, stress. So really just sleep like it's your job. Yeah, it's helping that the sun's going down earlier. We're easing into fall, which is going to be a lot easier to get sleep for the kids. Everybody go to bed earlier, especially since we, God, since March, we like don't even know what day it is, right? <laughs> so like we could all just kind of sleep and do whatever. So now kids are going to be back on a school schedule, maybe a work schedule. So Air on the side of too much sleep. So go to bed as early as humanly possible. For me personally, get outside, get out of breath, work your body, work your body just by getting out of breath. It doesn't have to be a workout. It, I, I like to work out, but for you, it could be walking. It could be a slight jog. Get yourself out of breath, get your respiratory system working. Like you have to push it a little, right? Like get that, get that breathing, that heavy breathing. I would be outside as much as humanly possible if, I mean, I am anyway with Pascal. I, as you guys know, I moved to the woods. We're outside all the time. Don't let rain, don't let snow, don't let cold deter you. Just get out. The elements are so good for our health. I would also just like stop, stop eating sugar, stop eating crap. Like if you're going to clean up your diet, now is the time. Processed food and sugar, just eliminating those will improve your health by 90%. So just... Really, really, really. Now's the time. If you want to be strict about food, now is the time. Okay. And I know, I know we came out of the COVID-15. I know we came out like everybody was baking. Everybody was, you know, we were just eating. We were eating comfort food. It's, it's time to stop. Like get your cupboards in line for the fall because this is super, it's super important to be just your, your healthiest, the healthiest that you can be right now. Okay. Elderberry syrup. People have asked me on and off about elderberry syrup. There are, I personally, elderberry syrup's great. It's a little subtle for my system. Know that elderberry syrup is contraindicated if you have autoimmune issues. So I just want to say that because people think it's really a, it's a all natural. It's all, it's innocuous. It is not. Yeah. It's plant medicine. And so it is not, it's not just, you can't just always just drink it. And so be cautious with your kids. And, uh, and if you have autoimmune stuff, it, it is contraindicated. And lastly, I touched on this, but I'm going to touch on it again. We have to have compassion. You guys, we have to have compassion and solidarity. We have to take care of ourselves and we have to take care of our, our community and our community is our immediate people. Okay. So it's not that I don't want to think about the greater good, but right now it's like we're back to neighborhoods, right? We're back to the people in our school who needs help. We have to work together and we have to stop judging, okay? You just, you don't know anyone's circumstances. Some people have to go back to school because of food scarcity in their house. They might lose their job. You don't know people's financial situations, you don't know if they have family nearby, if they have a strong network, if there's mental illness and maybe they can't make friends. Like there's so many factors. One of the things that's really interesting, and I heard this on a podcast and I, it was so kind of mind blowing. We all want people to feel what we're feeling. Okay. So 
And we all want people to do what we're doing because when people do what we do, it validates our choice. So whether it's your, your latest eating plan, whether it's, you know, carnivore, keto, vegan, paleo, you want to get people on board because it validates your choice. Okay. If you are going to full school, hybrid, homeschool, whatever it is, we tend to want people to go along because it validates our choice, okay? And you can argue with me about this, but I'm gonna argue right back. We're human, we're social, we want that, we're, we want people to feel what we're feeling. Now we also, it's very human, when we're anxious, when we're fearful, even when we're happy, the good emotions too, when we have anxiety, we tend to want people to feel what we feel. And you, again, this is the dark side of human nature. This is the underbelly, but it's the truth. So a lot of times when we're anxious, we want everybody else to feel anxious because don't you understand the gravity of the, the situation? In this case, you have to take a breath and know that your situation is yours. And just like potty training, just like parenting, you have your own blend. You have you, your spouse, your animals, your kids. Your house is like nobody else's house. The factors that go into your family, how you guys live your life are nobody else's, none. So you can't judge, okay? We have to have grace in this situation. We have to understand that every single person is making the best decision. They have thrown the pros and the cons. There is not one fucking parent out there right now who hasn't overthought this, who hasn't stayed up all night anxious, who hasn't probably thrown up a little or cried a little about this decision. There is not one person in this country who is taking this lightly, no matter what their decision. So back off, have grace and have solidarity. Okay. And lastly, it all happened so fast. Last March, it shut down. We did what we had to do. I, I was in the camp of like, dude, I put Frozen 2 on repeat. Like we cannot, we're surviving. We were surviving by the seat of our pants. We know, we know now what this looks like. I wouldn't be surprised if everything shuts down again in October. I really wouldn't. But now it's time to, to toss all of this stuff around and say, how can I thrive? How can I thrive as a parent? How can my child thrive in this situation? Okay. And so think in those terms, even if it feels like, holy fuck, I'm just hanging on by a thread. I'm just surviving. No, 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 no. We know. We know more. We have more information. Okay. And we're not in the clusterfuck that we were last March. So. Think of that. Think of how can I thrive even in tiny ways? You know, can I get my kids to bed a half hour earlier so I can have a little time to myself? How can I thrive even in these very small ways in a day, in a week, in a month? Yeah. Stay in your lane on this one. Stay in your lane and know that everyone is doing their best. And this is going to look different for everyone. Okay. Don't have the expectation that people are going to do it like you. All right, you guys, whatever your choice. It's the right choice for you. I support you 100% and good luck. Just like, let's stick together on this and September's gonna be weird, but we can do this. All right, you guys, I'm gonna log off. As always, rock on. All right, I'm gonna sign off for today. You can always go to jamieglowacki.com for the super cool latest updates, including the launch of my new book, Yummy New Book Presale Treats, when we release new episodes and how to work with me directly. 
And of course, if you need any potty training help, there's a handy link there that will take you to all my potty training resources, including all my courses. That's the Oh Crap Potty Training online course, my pooping solutions course, and my night training supplement. And if you need additional help, how to book with a certified Oh Crap consultant. That's all at jamieglowacki.com. Have a beautiful day and rock on.